0: So I tried watching Solo. Yep. I literally got ten minutes. Wow. In yeah, yeah. I think they just escaped. I can't even remember the characters' names. I cannot mm. even remember. Um, Amelia so the main Clark. character is
1: called Han. <laughs> Get out.
0: <laughs> I yeah. So literally, him and Amelia Clark escape. They kind of do the whole um, tilt on the side and crash, and then I, I bailed. So hang on, you you know so got to yeah. yeah, I didn't even get to that I didn't get to Lando mm. And I was just like, yeah, yeah I'm out
2: See, okay, I'm going to be complete, Truth bomb I, Ooh. I, When I first was, watched it I didn't think much of it And I tell you what, I've got to be honest It grew on me And the more times I've watched it The more times I've really enjoyed it Really? Mm. You-
1: I, I haven't gone in for a second helping myself I don't know if it's going to help it in my books Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's one that I feel because oh, I don't really want to talk about the sequel trilogy because I've got a lot of issues. <laughs> Look, we're going to get to that. Don't <laughs> worry, a different can of worms. Um, but the thing with Solo, including all of its problems, what's and all. Um, so Solo, Yeah, Solo. Yep, yep. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 enjoy it. It just feels more like a Lucasfilm production, um, and and a film. It 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 feels like um i could see ron howard kind of shine through it like it's okay. got the sense I, I of i definitely adventure. saw the howard yeah it's got the sense of adventure that you um feel when you watch willow you know so it, it, the way he kind of directs action and adventure and that kind of um you know uh, sense of just i think or an adventure really but like that's what i got out of it um it is it's 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 three promising films smashed in one you know <laughs> and that's the problem with it where i watching it i would have just loved to have one film just stick with woody harrison and that crew and play right to the final act of it being the great tr- a great train robbery because that's what they were doing that could it, have been
1: something cool yeah
2: and that's your first film because they would have wanted to do a trilogy out of this thing you can tell yeah but everything instead, has to be a
1: trilogy it's it's like the law yeah
2: instead they 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 just <laughs> they Maybe blew, they blew their load
1: that's what they did <laughs> no, I, I, so I, I've said I don't do a lot of anime but I have done um, Clone Wars and Rebels mm. and very much um, like a fan of that and I know that that's all considered lore but then Solo has also gone and undone some of that work there. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and I don't know if that's just all my personality but I, I, can't, I can't get over that because when I'm watching I'm looking at the fact but wait that doesn't work. Mm. No, it's con- and then I'm not enjoying the movie I'm thinking about why does it why does it contrast? But it it just didn't Where where did you feel me it was it, the c- other problem.
2: Right, yeah. Where where did you feel it undid the lore for you?
1: The the biggest one was Maul. Right,
2: right, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like
1: as much as like it's so cool to see Darth Maul back mm. in live action mm. and I'm such a simp for it I I would just about let anything pass for yeah. it. Like I absolutely want to see more. Yeah. But it's so contrast to a really important part of his journey, which he's meant to be doing at that time. I, I look. I
2: agree. The thing. The thing is, with with something like that, it doesn't quite undo what came before it, but it creates more questions, and that's the issue. And that'd be fine if you're Kevin Feige and you've got this grand tapestry <laughs> and this and this well laid out plan uh, of what's to come in future. But when once we had the sequel trilogy, there was no plan. And, was... and it's
1: not like the fans are just going clearly you don't have a fan a plan like they even came out and said, yeah, it's not a plan mm, mm. Um, But speaking of things that aren't planned, we should probably uh, roll an intro. I would agree, <laughs> let's roll an intro. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pop. I'm Cricket. I'm Wombat. And this is part of our Local Legends series. Now, this is going to be where we're interviewing some amazing filmmakers, actors, and anyone we can imagine in this film industry talking about subjects that both we and they love. And our first guest to kick this off is Richard DiCavallo, filmmaker, artist, and... Cat dad, if I remember correctly, by going by your Instagram. Is that right? That's right. That's right.
1: Proud, proud father of two fur kids. Yep. I thought you were going to end that with nerds. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. That would have been a little different. Uh,
0: Richard is the writer. No, not the writer. I do apologize. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, director. Yep. Of A Blaster in the Right Hands, which is a Star Wars fan film, although I like to just call it a short film of its own theme because it really does feel like that it belongs in the universe. Oh,
2: thanks, mate. Well, very <laughs> true. a lot of
1: people on the YouTube comments um, were agreeing with that. Well, it won a fair few awards as well. It's like it, a it, massive it fan does, following through the festivals. It's
2: still, I think, what we're, we're in its second year. We're probably a, a year and a half or two years. It's weird; time's just flown by. But um, it's still getting into film festivals. So even re- releasing it on YouTube, film festivals are still embracing it. it people are still discovering it. We've hit a milestone uh, recently with over a uh, hundred thousand views, which is a Lot for us. That's nice, especially for um, an Australian. Yeah, one. absolutely. Like that's the thing. Like Lunar Craft, um you know. Uh, so our our company, LunarCraft Productions, we're not really in the influencer kind of landscape mm-hmm. and everything. um I mean, prior to it, we've put a bunch of our, uh, you know, recognised short films, but but nothing to the likes of what Blaster has achieved. So I think we had like something like. <laughs> Three to five subscribers on our, on our little humble YouTube channel, and then as soon as Blaster hit, it just each each from each day, from each week to each month, it just kept growing and growing. People were sharing it. We got reaction videos, which was huh. can we swear on it? It swear? So. We, we're fucking nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, it was just it was it. But it was wonderful because you're seeing, you know, uh, big influencers, uh, you know, YouTube influencers watching our film, reacting to it. And when you're really close to a film as we are with everything that we make, you know, you're... you want to see those re- reactions and it's nerve wracking in the you sense couldn't of being ignore it. well that's so there are moments in our film where you, you want to see that reaction in the crowd right? like <laughs> you know you want to see someone get you know jump in their seat or their the, their eyes light up going oh I wasn't really expecting that um, and especially some of the people that are more uh, cynical as well because yeah. they think automatically when you say fan film you think something cheap amateur hour but fan films have come a long way i
1: think your opening made a really strong message to that we we, um like that was that was a really strong the the cg intro then into the practical cg hybrid that was like that i I remember sitting down to like because i i thought fan film and i wasn't expecting crap yeah yeah you know it's fan film and like it, it kind of blew me away at how
2: when we when we started up the one thing I wanted to do is, um, you know, we know, we understand our resources. Uh, it was a very different ball game to where we are now compared to when we started making blaster at the time when we were making blaster, there was no Mandalorian. I need to put that out there. <laughs> right. So, um, if we had the De- the, the, the Disney money and the, uh, the, you know, more of the resources, we probably could have achieved and got it out when we wanted to, because yeah. when we were doing it, the only thing that we were really uh, striving for was to release it before they were, they would make a Boba Fett solo film mm. because at the time solo came out, there was rumors about them doing a Boba yeah. Fett film feature film. Uh, and you know, around that time we, they were even, you know, uh, spreading around a rumor of like a Yoda film as well. So all, there were all these things, but after solo, it was very much Boba Fett was on the cards that died. And we were like, sweet, <laughs> We're just months away More from time. actually going into production, filming Blaster. Um, and and so we, we thought it was a good thing. Then, you know, during the time – you know, when you're independent, things don't really go according to plan. Yeah. Um, schedules are always a nightmare because a lot of people are volunteering. So you have to work with everyone's own time.
1: And you got to work with people who are volunteering their time and then. Oh, hey, a really well-paid gig came up. Sorry, but I, I need to bow up. Exactly. And, and you, you have, have to make those it. decisions.
2: Yeah, you have to make those decisions of do we wait for that one person till their schedule frees up or mm. do we have to sadly uh, look for someone else? It's really hard because especially when you get a really really nice uh you know um well-oiled crew mm-hmm. um it's it's it the, all these kind of cogs need to kind of work and that's the, the 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 work i absolutely love because it's collaborating and 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 i and i thrive on that and and that environment but it's it's interesting because when you ask people to make a – you're going to make a Star Wars fan film. You don't know
1: how people are going to,
2: going to react. Really I going.
1: assume going to be a lot of opinions brought to the set.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's more of the case of um, people that don't understand that. Like, we, I still get it today. I was like, did you get paid for it? It's like, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just lost money on this, yeah. man.
2: It's not. But I always make the argument that um, how much money do you make from a short film you've made? Like, if you – Everyone makes a short film when they're starting out. Actors need it for their folio, yep. right? Actors need it for their reel. You need to start somewhere to actually really flex your craft and your skills and that experience. Mm-hmm. Now, for 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 us, it was definitely for that reason, but also it was also a calling card for numerous uh, for, uh, in numerous ways. It was very much us showing that we can do you know something of this scope yeah. on uh little kind of resources as well showing that there is a demand for this kind of genre uh, story, not just fan films but look at what we're doing we're talking about you know genre filmmaking here um because if you look past uh star wars and the ip that it is and what we did in blaster there's an original script there there's mm-hmm. there are original characters we're just playing in that sandbox that george lucas yeah. created mm. um and so if people can actually really see that and that's all we ask is just just watch our film that's it <laughs> because i don't th- there are no lightsabers in it you know that's the other thing like we set out to make something that was very much uh intended to feel canon and very much to george lucas's vision that could have also- just
1: been there Somewhere in the background, exactly, yeah. exactly. Without a Skywalker,
2: exactly. Well, it's a big universe, right? That's the thing. I'm watching the sequel trilogy. Everyone's related. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like- <laughs> well,
0: actually, you'd have to get it on the. Um, I don't know what the flute was when they play it in the cantina. Yeah. <laughs> just get it done that way. Just go, yeah, dueling flutes in the cantina van.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. So it's just it's one of those things that like George Lucas created such. A an amazing rich universe, and you know he set out to focus on, you know, ultimately he was just uh, the the playbook was the hero's journey and something that we could all relate to, which was Luke Skywalker's character. And on face value, it was very much good versus evil, mm. uh, but there is so much layered work behind there, and a lot of social com- uh, uh, commentary as well, um and, and and a lot of things that. Also riff off uh, our own cultures and history as well that he laid in. Well, he he was really inspired by um, Kurosawa. Yeah,
0: and ironically enough, y- you guys seem to have your own inspiration. I mean, there's a lot of heavy Western. Like we were talking earlier. Now you're you're wearing your uh, fistful of credits t-shirt. I am. It's it's absolutely I am. amazing. You'll see a photo of this when we post it online. <laughs> um, but. Clearly, there's a lot of Spaghetti Western influences in, in your cuts. Your lovely little close-up that's just the eyes. There's this wonderful display of
2: tension. Well, I, I grew up in, in my household, we watched a lot of uh, Spaghetti Westerns, a lot of Clint Eastwood Westerns. So that is already ingrained in my kind of DNA. Um, but the thing with Star Wars, especially George Lucas' Star Wars, is that, yes, he was riffing a lot off uh, Akira Kurosawa, but he was also... D- riffing off you know john ford and great classic westerns and Sergio oh, Leone yeah he, he, westerns. He, he
1: loves this getty western yeah
2: yeah and I, I, what the most iconic thing for me growing up watching um star wars for the very first time was uh i mean who doesn't love han solo he's just the best he's the best space cowboy ever and it was the scene where he confronts greedo yeah that for <laughs> me was the epitome of the space western and i loved that scene so much and i still like gleefully just you know get off on that. It's just It's a it, fun it, scene. It's a great scene. It's just because Harrison just embodied that character so well and it was just he was so cool calm and you know him playing on the wall
1: you know going <laughs> just I clearly. don't
2: have it with me and then underneath <laughs> he's just. I'm distracting your
1: wire unclip. Yep. It was just fantastic. It's all so, well, resty digitation. we like, start yeah, with pushing some controversy and say <laughs> who who in your book shot first because that's that's been a real work that's happened a couple of times and it's always <laughs> been hard don't 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 so do do you then disagree with lucas's statement on that um yes
2: <laughs> because i love lucas i really do i think he is one of the most important filmmakers of our time um for for, for numerous uh reasons uh but one can definitely say that he's any filmmaker, I don't care how good they are, you're only as good as your team. And part of that, again, is what I mentioned earlier. It's all about collaboration, right? And I think a lot of the downfall with the prequels, and I do really love the prequels and respect them, but they aren't as strong as they are because you didn't have anyone speaking up to lucas really you didn't have anyone you know going "Uh, i'm i don't think i'm gonna say it like that (laughs) you didn't have someone like han solo where originally the script the iconic scene in empire strikes back was when leia says i love you it was scripted i love you too or i love you um instead harrison fought that and said yeah, Han wouldn't say it that way, and he'd say, "I know." Well, they and that also was didn't brilliant. Know
1: if they'd get him back for the next film? Yeah. yeah. Huh.
2: <laughs> well, that's. I mean,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that yeah. part about Harrison. It's just he's <laughs> always been hoping to die, and uh,
1: you, you know, You're gonna kill me in this one, right, George? You're gonna kill. Oh.
2: <laughs> but yeah, going back to, to to George, I think it's just one of those things that yeah, George may have this uh, uh, opinion now, or maybe he always did of of Han Solo, but it just doesn't really work. Not in what he created. And again, it comes back to that whole Western trope, you know, like a lot of people do do a lot of bad things um, and they do it to survive as well. So just for him to kind of change it up because he didn't want it to seem like, you know, he's this kind of heartless guy. I I never saw it that way, you know, so, and especially now we've got uh, Andor, Uh, Yeah, coming out. You're actually going to see these characters That are actually good people But are forced to do horrible things And things to survive as well
1: That's something that and, Rogue One initially started pushing Which yeah, as you say we will get More in Andor
2: mm, mm. Um,
1: How did you feel about Rogue One when it first came out? I loved it, oh, yes. I absolutely loved it I think out of all the Disney
2: um, Plus properties Since they bought it, Rogue One is Definitely by far the strongest Yeah, uh, Leaps and bounds, uh, it's refreshing As well, it was kind Kind of the film that I always wanted to see but I never knew I'd did Want to see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it was the right
0: way to do a Suicide Squad film.
2: (laughs) Like, it it absolutely was. It it was just that
0: bittersweet tragedy of we kind of already knew the end result, and Mm. no, it wasn't as many Bonthans dying, but it was, (laughs) you know, it's in that opening crawl of A New Hope that we know the situation. I I,
1: I may be putting myself at risk here, but I'm pretty sure the Bonthans dying was for the second Death Star information. It it is. But I think a lot
0: of people, um, I think it was a bit of a Mandela effect with that one, Mm. is that they think that they saw it like hearing Mon Mothma talk about it when in actual fact it is from that opening crawl that they actually know what actually happened during Rogue One and as you say I'm a massive fan I think it was underappreciated initially like we went and saw it at the Ritz Mm. um the midnight screening several times yeah Yeah, yeah, and it's just such a it's so tight as a yeah. script yeah. and as well as that like i'm I'm a massive ben Mendelssohn fan and <laughs> i love the fact that we just had an australian carrying this villainy with a fucking australian accent oh, it's fantastic <laughs> that yeah. was
1: good it well, was effortless it, it,
2: again the strongest thing out of rogue one it's character right these are yeah. these are three-dimensional deeply layered characters and really interesting ones i rem- and and i remember and and this was one of the, the the many reasons why um, uh, I wanted to pursue and make my own kind of Star Wars uh, film is because when Rogue One also came out, I remember people going, yeah, it was good, but, you know, it was like fan fiction. I'm like, if, so where do you draw the line, right? Yeah. So well, I mean, George has
1: sold it, so technically it's all fan fiction. It, exactly. None of it's from the original yeah. anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised people would think that the prequels are, are fan fiction as well. The Mandalorian
1: like <laughs> is technically fan fiction. When you yeah. think
2: about it, yeah.
0: yeah. But Rogue One did this wonderful thing. It had a massively diverse cast before mm. the point of people were trying to say, oh, we need more of this. When Every single character was written perfectly. Cheer it. Yeah. Baze. Yeah. Buddy. Everyone. Even Saw Gerrera's fun as a character. Well, I wanted more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well,
2: we're, we're going to get more of that if um, those uh, trailers for Andor and or yeah. anything to, to make of it. But here's the thing, like. Sci-fi has always been that frontier of diversity, though. We had it with Star Trek. That Mm -hmm. really broke a lot of ground. Um, Star Wars was the same thing, Uh, you you know, like especially with what um, Lucas did in creating and giving us Princess Leia and, you know, the awesome and iconic Carrie Fisher, like embodying that. That was a
1: strong kick-ass female, like, which Princess, like when you say you know, it now like, sounds like yeah obviously but at the time it was actually quite pushing it it was it, and r- it I really think a lot was. of people don't know but the original emperor was um, female but they recast because she couldn't um I, I believe it's because she couldn't deal with the prosthetics it was I don't know if it's skin reaction or just didn't I know, know what to deal with but yeah. I know in the original Empire Strikes Back the em- emperor is a female it's an empress yes that's wow. right. well
2: well at least the the um. It was in the hologram in Empire Strikes Back yeah. before they, you know, did the special edition and he had Ian McDermott. Put Ian in on the DVD yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the original emperor in that scene was a woman. Uh, was a, it was a female yeah, empress. But I don't know if it was always the intention to, to, to be, but it was definitely played by an actress in that
1: in Yeah, that role, and, and yeah. again, that, that- Today sounds like, well, yeah, you put a female villain in, but at the time it wasn't mm. such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. And I think, I mean, George George was very much, I mean, he was a, he was a 70s kind of filmmaker, So, and he was one of those young little, you know, rebels. You say he was and, like and he renegades. still isn't a 70s type filmmaker. <laughs> 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 it's just he's gone from the era to the age
1: now. Yeah. He's just now got the modern budget. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, and but George hasn't been one to draw a like you know, not to draw attention to things or change things mm. up, you know. Mm. Like mm. there's the there's the stormtrooper gaff in um a new hope. Oh, yeah, yeah Hits it with the head yeah. And then you know I had the VHS version Which uh, like you know When I was six years old And yeah. that didn't have it yeah. And then it's not until You know it comes out It's like let's draw attention To that That's funny <laughs> Yeah Or then going back And adding Aiden
1: Christensen As a sports <laughs> ghost Yeah great <laughs> Are we gonna are there, You know a it, lot of people complained like about that But like child me Who saw that That made sense I Because mean, that's mm. what I was watching On the cinemas at mm. the time I can mm. understand like, that But It absolutely made sense to me Are we going to In
0: like 20-30 years Years time once Ewan McGregor hits the ripe old age of death, are we then going to just get a hologram of him instead of Alec Guinness? You're, in, you're like, implying the final of that
1: Ewan is ever going to age. <laughs> Good point. I mean, we know You're it's all makeup. You're also implying that they don't have like a full 3D scan of every actor that they're using and could digitally well, insert them just, in any time frame.
2: J- just recently, James L. Jones has stepped retired. Down. Stepped yes. down. retired from voicing. But given th-
1: full, full permission to use a digitized version of his voice for as long as they keep the yeah. character. That's
0: yeah. to, to go on a brief tangent, that's going to be still quite difficult. AI voices are bloody hard. Yeah. Well, the, the
1: um...
0: Val Kilmer's got the technology. Like they used AI to give Val a voice, but you can mm. still, it, it's very much better. Based off um, punctuation, so to give it inflections requires so much more. I mean, get, when they did, maybe um, years. the
1: Obi One series, that was the digitized voice. Mm, mm. Was it? Wow, you're you're looking at me funny. <laughs> <laughs> you you see, w- where I is this information it, but we, but coming we from? To, we need to tell this to the viewers. Okay, too. <laughs>
0: yes, we're going to direct it to the microphone <laughs> and be like, "This is what happens." Well, today I learned something new.
1: Fair. So, I believe I haven't looked into if this is what happened, but I believe it's Hayden does all the lines and then it was digitized. Now, I know that Jones was on board for part of it, so mm. some of the lines would have just been him. Mm. Um, I assume what it was is they did a hybrid approach to see if the audience would tell it apart, see if this truly was ready to go live.
0: Is David Prowse still alive? No. A- no.
1: 18, did he pass? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I was
0: going to say so. that would have been fun. Let's just do like a whole redub. <laughs> And actually just give
1: David Prowse the credit. But, but hearing the original recordings of him
0: from... Oh, the, yeah, you oh, know. I know. But you got to admit, that's coming from a helmet. We are just getting on-set audio in that instance. No, no, there,
1: there is no complaints. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's beautiful. <laughs> Just I, I wish I had the script in front of me because then we'll just do it the full
0: Scottish. Well, we'll get Rodi in. Just get him to do it all in a complete Scottish accent. That'd be absolutely beautiful. But I mean, we could tack that onto Rogue One as to even just the Darth Vader appearance in mm, that is mm. a beautiful. Play well, of I think tension. we can bring mm.
1: that back to characters over world Like I mm. think that shows that yes, they use the world to genuinely blow fans away with that Vader appearance, but it wasn't at the expense of. The characters No, in that that's story. right. I, I mean,
2: I mean, some some people, some cynical people, would say that was just blatant fan service, but it works. That's it. Mm. it, it, it
1: if you're uh, not a fan, that movie works. Like yeah. it's not like oh, it's a bad movie. Oh my god, it's <laughs> Vader! <laughs> like the movie works standalone. Whereas yeah. I think that was one of the problems with the sequel was it was world over the characters. Mm, mm, mm. I don't want to speak too ill of them because I, I enjoyed them and I also don't like speaking ill of other works. But I don't think you can argue that Rogue One worked better, both as a film and to the fans and the sequel. Mm,
2: mm, mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I just i I would recommend anyone watching Rogue One and then just stopping right where the credits happen. I mean, obviously credits are important, <laughs> but just
1: stop right where just the credits are. Just ignore everyone whose face wasn't on the screen <laughs> is just, what we're hearing. But all I'm just
2: saying is just just to watch it lead right into A New Hope yeah. and you can see how well it works because that just shows the the the, the thought and the love that they had, and they really were paying that close attention, attention to detail. Attention to detail, exactly. Um, and it's just such a joy to have something like that, and for them to pull it off. That's the thing. It was so surprising, like that. T- till this day, it's still the one movie I've seen the most in theaters. Like I, I just couldn't get enough of it because I was just just I'm it, not sure first time I was in shock and awe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just it, it, it so did good. just leave me. Like literally breathless, like I yeah. couldn't get up for a bit. Like I know there's no post-credit scene in Star Wars, but yeah. I was in that scene. I still, yeah.
2: I still watch it, and you know their fates. You, it, I've seen it countless times now, and I'm st- every time I watch it, I'm still in that final act. I'm the on the edge of my seat every time. And that's just because it's beautifully performed and beautifully directed. It's cut really well. And there's actually many
1: different versions. You've watched a slightly different one each time. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of they did like a Cluedo version where they've actually just got six variations where
0: only one of the characters actually survives and tells their tale. But, yeah, Rogue One, as you say, it's just beautifully crafted. Mm. And uh, I will keep going back. To watch it yeah. over and over.
1: Yeah. But before we do that, we should probably move on from what inspired it and start talking well, about. That's
0: gonna <laughs> carry okay, on to this not. is because okay. like Cassian Andor. Mm. I right now I am loving what's happening in mm, it, mm. but Cassian's growth happened through Rogue One. Mm, and mm. I think that's probably where I find the series is gonna have a problem because he's come across as this contemptible asshole (laughs) to actually getting some growth and, you know, building a, you know, relationship with Jin. And we get that kind of, we build that empathy with the character and it's like, that's all he needs. So to come back and go, I think it's five years Mm, mm. prior, and getting all that, I'm like... How can we dial everything back? Yeah, well where are you going to take it? Because we already know he was an asshole. Well <laughs> is it just like, we see him from less go from less of an asshole to a bigger asshole to then being a less contemptible asshole at the end of Rogue
2: it's, One? it's interesting that you say that you say uh and, and that's your perspective that you think he's an asshole and everything but it's just when I watch it and especially when you start seeing where he's come from mm. like we you know there's a lot of the f- flies kind of thing going on with his background I'm like this just got a whole lot interesting Mm. Um, and then there's a a lot of more world building like uh, again the first I love
1: that he wasn't from Tatooine thank (laughs) god right Uh, or Jakku or Jakku it's just I want my desert planet (laughs) it's not a Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) series or film if I don't get my desert planet where is it first Endor is not a Star Wars series no (laughs) desert no desert
0: it's like there's too much greenery
1: here (laughs) I agree I think there's too much green (laughs) um yeah but i I,
2: it's again it's it's really interesting because I, i i just think back the one moment of of rogue one um featuring you know cassian was when he gets up uh You know In in Jin's face And says You have no idea The things I've done You know And it's just like And you could just Your imagination Just goes wild So this series To explore that But in a serious tone Yeah You know um, Is very interesting And that's the other thing That's really refreshing Is that You know Prior to to Andor We've had You know Mandalorian We've had You know Even the animated series And even Clone Wars Went into some
1: really dark And and serious (laughs) tones For an animated series. I, I think they had everything on the Geneva Convention. <laughs> no, it's just a checklist like any other. <laughs> yeah. Um but
2: so, <laughs> sorry <laughs> you <dark> bastard, <laughs> you. But just to kind of see where they're going uh with this, um it, it, it is very interesting. And it, it is also um it's up there with some of the more, um, you know, blue ribbon top tier TV series, like stuff that you'd expect from H like, this is star Wars. If it was on HBO max, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's the thing. And I was not expecting that. I knew because riffing off of rogue one, you'd be in that kind of ballpark where it'd be a bit more mature and a bit more serious. But I was not expecting the stuff that, that they were giving us. And I oh, and was I think thrilled we got about it
1: shit in star Wars and like, <laughs> I was going to say 40 years but now I'm double guessing myself.
2: Yeah. For those that haven't seen it it's the curse word shit not yeah. that someone was actually <laughs> someone actually <laughs> taking it down. It didn't go nomad land or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs>
1: But it, it worked. Like I, I didn't even pick up that that's the first time we've heard swearing in Star Wars yeah, until yeah. I was on Reddit and people were like, "Just
2: oh my god!" Yeah. No. Well, for me, it was just more like, "Did I hear that right?" Like, well, and like I had it just to go back grounded and, in it to me. Yeah, it did, and I think that's it. It just they 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 pulled it off, and it, it's just the strength of the the screenwriter and and all the film the filmmakers behind it that they could slip like something like that through, and we wouldn't really kind of, you know, get in an uproar or bat an eyelid because it just yeah. felt like it was called for yeah, where, in that. Yeah,
1: whereas previously, yeah. you know, George's Don't Swear in Star Wars, and I think a lot of the Die fans, if someone had put that in, yeah. they would have caught it, they would have called. But no, it... it They've really grounded in that world that they established in Rogue One.
2: Well, I think the thing with when when George was involved in telling his story and and and, and the world and or I should you say you the say galaxy, involved. he told he, the story. The, the and got a few other in. the galaxy of Star Wars. Um, it was very much he was telling the Skywalker story, and he always said, "Well, it's a kids' movie," and it's like, "Well, it." It is. Of course it is. Like, we all saw ourselves in either, you know, uh, Luke or Han or even Leia. Or Vader. Uh, Or or Vader. Or Vader. Absolutely. Like, I mean... I mean, he's sort of, I would give anything to um, wipe my mind and go back in time and just line up and go watch. It's so boring. It's like, what would you do in history if you could go back? I'd go back and watch Empire Strikes Back for the first time. But just to have that, you know, revelation of like, you know, being in the theatre with people and not really expecting that twist, which was the twist of all twists of of the time, of of, uh, Vader being uh, Luke's, father that was oh my God, incredible spoiler. oh sorry yeah so it's the simpsons all over again
1: <laughs> i was i was wondering whether to bring that up i had the exact same thought I've
2: mm. seen. yeah it, it's just it, it's it is just kind of incredible to to see where it kind of came from and you know him kind of telling this but it it, it is it, it is one of the great kind of uh sagas that is for The whole family—it's something that is passed on generation, like it's it's undying. I can't explain why we're all attracted to Star Wars the way that it is, and I think it's probably because it's one of those rare things that it encapsulates everything, you know, of of film. It's got a sweeping romance, it's got action, you got rogues, you got aliens, you got horror, you got this, you got that,
1: you got spaceships. I think one of the things that really set it apart that people don't necessarily think of as much as how much and this is particularly true when George was at the helm Mm. um, is how much it innovated in film how much we take for granted today that every single time it was invented on the set of Star Wars
2: well absolutely I mean uh, uh, you're speaking from a behind the scenes yeah well I mean talking about
1: the basic stuff like the first use of a digital camera for a major release yeah yeah um, you're talking about the invention, essentially, of VFX. Like there'd been some mm-hmm. basic stuff, but like the the matte screens they were doing back for the TIE fighters, that sort of work was unheard. Have of.
2: Have you guys seen? There's two fantastic documentaries out. There's one um, about ILM on Disney Plus. Um, I, I recommend anyone that's a fan of Indiana Jones, Star Wars, all those things, and just filmmaking to really watch that.
0: Okay, is that okay? I, I remember seeing an ILM documentary of when I was like. <sighs> Say eleven or twelve. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: very specific because it
0: was hosted by Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the. You one. know the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I am just. I, I'm, I'm like, What's so. What's this right. one?
1: I've seen a lot of them, but <laughs> I'm not remembering Samuel Jackson. It's such L. Jackson. an amazing
0: thing because now for anyone who hasn't, who's been to Australia and you go to Movie World, if you went through the early '90s, mm-hmm. they had like a behind-the-scenes tour. It was a very similar version um of that but in ilm sam jackson kind of goes around and shows like the digital effects of what they did through like episode one with naboo how they're showing how like um they used salt they would just pour salt onto a black screen and then they would utilize that as the waterfalls of naboo mm, and yeah. everything like that in this yeah. beautiful blend of cgi um and yeah, ILM was an
2: absolute leader. And I'm like, is that the one you're talking about? No, no, no. This is So this is a whole new Disney Plus series, uh, documentary series that they've done. And I absolutely loved it because it's a love note to not only, um, you know, the, the, the amazing magicians and the wizards at uh, ILM uh, and Lucasfilm, but just George Lucas as an innovator. You know, like he he Because beyond
1: he, making Star Wars, that is sort of his. What I think he should be most famous for, and what he certainly contributed the most. But to not him. even
2: not even to Luca, not even to Star Wars. Like that's the thing. Like he's very like low key. He doesn't really kind of you know get on his soapbox and
1: you know go. Sure. I
2: changed cinema Does, forever. Doesn't he's, give
1: his opinion on Twitter no, every time a film it, comes out.
2: Exactly, he's not like that. But the thing is. You know, we have Pixar because of him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we have so many things, um, in our, in our entertainment, whether it's even gaming related as well. Like there's so many things that, that you can actually link that started Came out
1: of innovations, which he made to put star Wars together.
2: Exactly. And the thing is now he sold like Lucasfilm to, um, Disney, uh, to, to, to d- the mouse, to Disney, to the mouse. Yep. Um, he's done so much with that money to charities, but he's also building a state of the art museum and still innovating and, 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 doing so much for
1: film. And I think a lot of people realise he didn't actually stop making films, he just stopped publicly releasing them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, so prior to, to,
2: to all this, even prior to like American Graffiti and even, uh, you know, around when he made THX, I mean, he was an experimental filmmaker. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. He was doing things against the norm. Um, and that's why he was very respected amongst his peers and, and and especially. And potentially why he got to keep all the rights to Star Wars. Oh, well, that that's a classic. That's a whole other story. (laughs) We'll have to Uh, have another round on that. That was uh, very much thanks to to studios being completely silly and thinking that you couldn't merchandise something like Star Wars. And he walked away with the merchandise rights. (gasps) Merchandising. (laughs)
0: Space Balls the t shirt. Space Balls the flamethrower. The kids love this (laughs) one. Can we get Star Wars the flamethrower? I mean, to talk about sure. merchandise, I love mean, I mean, it, it on the they've...
1: wrists of half the Mandalorians. I'm sure there's a. Well, I was just going to say, a like it's it's it.
0: literally a thing. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I mean, you could do it. Just make it a little cigarette lighter. Just...
1: <laughs> Look, be the most badass. Be, be definitely be illegal in this state. Yeah, actually, it I, don't, I don't know will. how, but it would be illegal.
0: But you know they are still kind of merchandising. They have taken George Lucas's approach, and they're like, let's merchandise absolutely. Well, everybody. well, I mean,
2: I'm, I remember a lot of criticisms uh, from, of, of obviously the the fandoms about like, oh, you know, Disney buying you know Lucasfilm and and Star Wars and everything. But to be realistic, it was always going to happen. Mm. Like, yeah, it, like
1: George wasn't interested in doing more. Like, if you want more Star Wars, that's
2: how it happens. But if, but if there was any studio you know on on this planet that was going to take star wars it was lucas because it had I- it had everything that 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 disney could do uh, and do it well to his kind of, you know, vision, really, you, you know. So, And people would argue that, oh, if George was in- involved, like, this wouldn't happen. It's like, have you guys known what George was going to do <laughs> with future installments what he wanted to do? He still claims to this day, which I find hilarious, that Jar Jar Binks is his favourite character.
0: Only uh, because he wanted him to be a Sith? <laughs> I stand by how the internet, la- I loved how the internet latched Darth onto that. Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar, Darth Binks. I am completely duff, duff here for dark
2: <laughs> Right. I love the memes that come out. Look, I, 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 I've never had an issue the way that, that a lot of people and, and fans have of, of Jar Jar. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that, uh, you I know. I don't I'm
0: think Ahmed F- Best deserves the hate.
1: No, no. But well, we to be honest, I don't think that. any actors did. No, of course not. Um, but even just talking about the character Jar Jar, like I, I don't know how much of a generational thing it is. It's certainly the same with the criticism of the films, like, I, I was quite young when they came out. They, I was literally the audience, and I loved it. And everyone at school but loved that, it.
2: That's and that's the amazing thing that we're living in an age that with Obi Wan that that's you know come out now. You've got a lot of people which is that generation that are showing a new love and appreciation for it. Now, again, I was I was a real uh, I was very young when um when the original trilogy came out, and my exposure to it was through VHS, sadly. Uh, but it was it was enough. To just capture you say my sadly, like that wasn't mind-blowing at the time.
1: <laughs> no, totally I just, was.
2: I just would have loved to have had that experience, that spiritual awakening that many fans do. But just that, get
1: it with Dolby Vision and Dolby <laughs> Atmosphere. Yeah, just and in, that a, in a, THX a theater. blast yeah. right at the start, <laughs> turn it up.
2: <laughs> but that, so for me, I was very much that that VHS generation. But yeah, like. Um, the with the prequels, like uh, I, I like the prequels. I was a bit disappointed with um with, with some of it, um, but I still absolutely loved it. And even to this day, I have more of an appreciation, especially since we've got the sequel trilogy. And not even that you mean as but a just, comparison point just, or where are we well, going well, Yeah, here? yeah, as a comparison point, but also a lot of other franchises, when you look at what George Lucas did and he was Very much the visionary. Mm. Yes, he he had a lot of yes men around him, uh, which is a bit sad. But find me someone at that time who's going to say no to George. True, true. But I think it just – it should have been – I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? But it's just one of those things that I just wish that that there was, um, you know – a bit more of that—that that collaboration, at least in the scripting phase, you know, and things. And we're talking about different generations, but regardless of how you view it, there's a lot that I love and appreciate of what he did, and he's very much a visionary. There is nothing that comes close to what he did with Star Wars.
0: Well, you take a look at how, um, like people have done these wonderful edits of. There's one on YouTube where it's like Obi Wan suffers from PTSD, <laughs> and they come and they combine. <laughs> well, they combine the footage of Alec Guinness and how he is approaching this, and George has obviously come to him with a. Bit of a backstory. Yeah. And then you see it spliced with everything from the prequels and you're like, this is legitimately yeah. amazing storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Told 30, 40 years in your part, and you're like
2: I, I would wow. recommend a, a, anyone. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus, but I know it's on the uh, DVDs and Blu-rays of the Clone Wars. But mm. if you actually see with because Dave Filoni, it was is Lucas's protege. Yeah. He's the mm. he's the man that should be the Kevin Feige of of Star Wars at the moment. Well, it's something more
1: and more like it.
2: Well, I, and I hope so, simply because he's the one who's carrying the torch. Because he literally was in the same room every day when they were developing Clone Wars and he was just this little kid and he was just feeding, just off, absorbing, off, the absorbing world. it all. And it's an amazing thing because this is one man at the head of the table and he's not just kind of talking about, you know, Star Wars and like these ideas and stories and characters in his head. He's also riffing about the meanings behind it, right? The subtext, the, the, how it refers to our own history and, and different cultures around the world and everything. And it's an amazing thing to see that the, that he's just got this rich tapestry of just storytelling and how it's all connected and how it all works. And he just creates these amazing kind of, like he has a rough idea of certain aliens. And then he's got like these amazing artists that will go away, do all these beautiful you know, out of this world concept art, and then he'll go away and he'll see it all and he'll just paste paste it all together. And it's just amazing to see him work and build this kind of, you know, universe. And It's one
1: of those things where when you have an appreciation of, like a topic or something, and you see someone who's a master. Yeah, it's yeah, just,
2: absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's like top of his field. For and what and
2: does. it's because of someone um, like him. Where once, I mean, t- as much as a, I am a massive fan of Star Wars, my favorite movie of all time is Jaws. And the thing is, when I actually completely lose myself in 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 this kind of medium and something like Star Wars, I'm always interested in what. Um, how that filmmaker or artist came to be who they are. So that's how I learned about Akira Kurosawa. And then I started studying. I will have
1: to admit the same.
2: Yeah. And then you study Akira Kurosawa and then you get this amazing education out of that. Um, and I think that's really important, not only uh, for yourself, whether you're a, a film buff or you're a filmmaker or an artist yourself, but also culturally. As well, um, yeah. It,
1: find find what you like, then find out how the people who made it came to be, and see what that influences are. Yeah,
2: ab- absolutely. And it's and then you get a real sense of like at least from what we do as filmmakers, is you get a real sense of how these stories are told. Because really. You know, you you really find, come across a lot of artists and and, and filmmakers and, and writers where they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not probably going to do this story because it's already been done. Well, newsflash, everything been done. Everything's been done. Been done. There's <laughs> only 12 stories, according to Hollywood.
0: Exactly. But can we bring this back to Blaster? Is yeah. like, what was a bit of your journey? I mean, you talk about how there was the rumour of, you know, the Boba Fett story and the Yoda backstory, and ironically enough, it all of a sudden seemed to be enmeshed and then became The Mandalorian. Mm. But what kind of drove you like to create Blaster? Cause I know we, we've obviously t- spoken about it before. Um, Blaster but now you got, well, got to have the
1: conversation with me. Well,
0: yeah, now you got to have the conversation with Walmart. But Blaster wasn't actually your original idea.
2: That's right. So, which is in um, the sense
0: of like it wasn't your first idea. Not that no. it's not an original
2: concept. No, 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 yes. no, no. He stole it. You heard it here first,
0: folks. <laughs> we just said there's only twelve stories.
2: <laughs> no, so the original story that I wrote, which was, I, I'd say I probably wrote this thing when I was in high school. So it was another life many, many moons ago. Um, and I, it was called the black bounty. Uh, and it was very much now you've got, oh, you've got so many action movies like this, but I would say it's like John Wick right now. Okay. Uh, so instead of John Wick, it's Boba Fett. And I wrote this fan fiction of just, uh, uh of like a, a deal, um, you know, a bounty that just went South really quickly and that's what a lot of
1: people thought the book of fett would be just john wick but with boba fett (laughs) (laughs) well
2: it's amazing isn't it because now we've got Andor, and you had something that was so interesting that they could have gone into and look when it started i i won't lie book of boba fett i was all in because i liked where they were going they were really riffing off like Mm. the untouchables godfather it was very much like a a a crime film Uh, and i thought that is perfect and I don't know what happened. And I, <laughs> I don't think they know either. Um, which, which is a real shame because there were a lot of things that I absolutely did really love about it. And then a lot of things that are, unfortunately that I see is I, they're just misfires. That's what I say. I, they're, they're, they're not things that are completely awful or bad, but there are things that haven't been as well executed. So whether it was rushed in production or scripting or I, I don't I, know. I
1: imagine there's quite a bit of change because some of the very – Early stuff of uh, Book of Boba Fett was I can't off the top of my head remember the director's name, which is terrible for a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> yeah, um, but the the director and um, one of the show for the series was saying
2: Robert Rodriguez. Or? Yes, yeah,
1: saying it's it's just action. Yeah. It's going to be episodes of just action, and so I think that set that expectation of. Yeah, it's John Wick. And especially for what we got of Boba in The Mandalorian, Mm, mm. like he puts the armor on and it's one of the most awesome fight scenes in that whole series. Mm, mm, mm. And it's like, so when you then come out and say, yep, we're going to do a whole show and it's going to be just that, and it's not whether or not the show was good is almost irrelevant because mm. it wasn't what the fans were expecting. Yeah, what, it, yeah. it, sort of for, it didn't deliver on its promise.
2: For, for, for me, for me, I, I was sort of like relieved and a bit happy because I'm kind of doing my own little Boba Fett story, even though it's like it, it's not official. But um, we're very much in, in, intended to... to Disney, to take
1: f-
0: note. Hire, <laughs> hire him. Hire him now.
2: No, don't
1: get Disney's attention. There'll be, there'll be court cases. We'll be sued. They would have tried already.
2: <laughs> um... So so I was kind of really li- – I, I liked the fact that we were seeing Boba Fett and that story and that tale after Return of the Jedi, so him coming out of the Sarlacc pit, yeah. where with what I was focusing was more before we were introduced to him, where he was sort of already a, 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 a name that was feared. And riffing off, again, Sergio Leone, again, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up heavily on – spaghetti westerns and boba fett's creation was very much inspired by the man with no name to the point where when we first introduced to him in empire strikes back originally um you hear the uh the 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 what do you call it? the, oh, the, the, spurs, the, the yeah. spurs yeah and it's just like you look at that outfit there are no spurs yeah. so but that was the thing he, they created a presence around that character um and so again with that With my fascination with, you know, the OG space cowboy Han Solo, the Western, I just wanted to do my own space Western. Um, And it was very much also, again, one of the many reasons why I wanted to do it. One of them was it was a bucket list thing. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I don't know what will happen next week, next year. 5 years from now I wanted to make a Star Wars fan film and I and I was very fortunate that I had people that shared that passion and that enthusiasm so we set out to do it but my original script was which was the the very much the John Wick kind of um in a club uh Boba Fett's got to fight his way out of it um
1: scenario
2: uh I there was no way I could do it was, yeah, it was well, like, just it's, too it's, big.
1: It's all the all the imagination, but where's the budget for something exactly. like that? Exactly. It's just like... So w- when we were setting
2: out with Blaster, I wanted a, a small battalion of fallen stormtroopers, right? And I, I would have been happy with five, uh, but I really wanted something under 10. And I... We we got two, really, <laughs> and mainly we got one where it just resulted to a lot of trick photography and some work in post-production to make it feel like there was
0: Pop about Pop another five. one. That's yeah. the art yeah. of yep. cinema. Yeah. and so, But you guys had a lot of, like, really amazing practical effects. I know that you guys... Um, and
1: I really appreciated that because that's something you. that... You should that see the models, you man. Did it before, <laughs> you did it before Mandalorian, and yep. Mandalorian is where... We started getting back to that hybrid of VFX and practical.
2: I'm a huge fan of practical VFX. One of my favorite films of all time is The Thing, John Carpenter's is The Thing. Um, and it's just that's what I want to do for the rest of my life is just create work that features that kind of imagination and that kind of craft. And so something like this where we were doing it as a fan film, I also started just channeling my own kind of like I L M, you know, uh so you're gonna
1: say you're in a
2: no, just the, the Masters because back then in the 70s, right, they didn't – people forget the original Star Wars A New Hope was an independent film. Yeah. It was a very expensive independent very film. Very late. Um, very late. But they were literally just innovators, right? They had to think quickly. They had – they, they – basically turned kit bashing into an art form going into a model store going into <laughs> toy stores buying models buying toys and creating amazing works of art and then um, blowing them up and blowing them up well yeah i it didn't really have any pyrotechnics <laughs> it was these were big kids they were they and they were they couldn't believe they were doing this for uh, as a living but and a lot of them had Nor no could the
1: studio that was funding Exactly
2: it. and that's that's <laughs> That's why they the had drama. to go non-union for Return of the Jedi <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's why you got to watch that documentary because you really get a sense of it and you get a sense versus these you know amazing hippie artists right they were just so ahead of the game they didn't even realize it themselves versus the studio You know, these other guys going, what are these guys doing on our own dime? And the pressures that poured Lucas was under as well. Like, you know uh – his health was affected. He ended up in hospital at one point. Um, these are things that happen to the best of us working on these film sets with, especially with someone like, like him and the pressure that he was under with how much money, but my gosh, he changed cinema forever. There's no doubt about that. Whether and then you, he did it again. And, and then he <laughs> did it again. Again, whether you like or, or, or not like the, the prequels, he was innovative with that. There's a lot of things that are used. And in, it's like,
1: what came out of that led to what has been the, the last, 20 years of cinema every bit of green screen and and tv
2: now and tv TV now that's the thing yeah so he's he's he keeps breaking amazing ground to the point where you know some of the best filmmakers around him whether they're scorsese or spielberg they go to him they use his resources they use skywalker sound and ilm and 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 all that so yeah it's a it's amazing so uh Back to us, we don't have <laughs> those resources, but we were really channeling that. So we did exactly, when you mentioned about like, yes, we were doing things before the Mandalorian, we were in post-production, Siric, our uh, played by Kirsty McKenzie, um, she's got, she's the only one that has an, uh, an original design ship. That ship, I need to find the, the concept art, it's backed up on a drive somewhere, but we came so close to actually producing this, it's eerily like the Razor Crest. I shit you not. So when they drop, when Disney dropped the first trailer to Mandalorian, we were about to be constructing this model and we just went, nah, can't. People will (laughs) think we're copying the Mandalorian by the time this comes out. And so we were at a good place that we had to just go back to the drawing board and, but we didn't have any kind of resources. So Nathan Pye, who's one of the uh, actors, he plays uh, the uh, uh, Captain Ty. He's Mm. in the black uh, imperial uniform. He's also the model maker behind it and he kit bashed. And it was great because it, we did exactly what they did back in, uh, you know, 76. And it was just, uh, he went to a toy store, he got this Nerf gun. And he used that Nerf gun as a foundation. It wasn't a Nerf gun. It was like a, a third party off brand. Yeah. I think it was yeah. called X-Shot or something uh, like <laughs> that. Cheaper than Nerf, Nerf Yeah, gun. yeah, exactly. Budget Just restraints. Keep, keep the production costs as low as possible. But he found this thing and he showed it to me. And I still have the pic that he sent me to, to my phone. And he goes, Rich, what do you think about this? And I went, yep. <laughs> that would work. And so what we did is we just cut into it. We, we painted over it and we started adding things that, you know, parts for like things from like kitchen cabinets and, um, all kinds of things that we'd find. Like, I think it's even to the a,
1: Bunnings scrap in.
2: Yeah, exactly. We just built. On top of the, uh, uh, the the ship and created what you see in the film, um, and the fact that it, it's also based off a, uh, a nerf like gun blaster so was just a f- great inside <laughs> great joke. Egg. Yeah. <laughs> so, know.
0: what are you hoping to see with Andor? Now, the first, I believe, episode four should drop tonight. Actually, as we're recording, it's oh. Wednesday. Oh, oh my god, it it yeah. be up by or the time. We'll oh no, you no, as a tomorrow. Listener. Yes, it's Tuesday. No, it's Tuesday, so we'll drop, it will drop by the time we drop. It's I'm, great. I'm
1: never sure if you're getting things wrong or you're just pretending we're recording on time.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, we're already a week behind schedule, it's fine. But it looks yes. like
1: that Andor is hoping to be a bit of a
0: spy series more than anything else. It is. Yeah, yeah. They, they
1: just wanted to beat Marvel to it with um, Secret Wars coming out. Yeah, well, I'm
0: totally down for that. I mean, you've got Stellan, I mean, Stellan Skarsgård's working for the mouse. He's obviously got a contract deal, but it's great to but see him in you, this.
2: You know what? It's actors like him and even Mads Mickelson, right? Oh, because you've yes. got you've got other actors. I hate hearing actors going, oh, I did this role because of my kids. It's like, oh, come on. Just stop. Just why can't you just enjoy it? Because they do it they, for these, fun.
0: yeah. We th- play like pretend. <laughs> we we are giant
2: kids. We play pretend for a but fucking living. But that's just it. Like these especially the entertainment now, whether they're the superheroes, at least what's coming out of like Marvel, these are you know, three dimensional characters, they're layered characters, they're attempting to be. We can see that in even in Star Wars, especially with something like Andor and and actors like your Mads Mikkelsen and, and Stellan Skarsgard, they freaking love it. And they I mean, what on earth like <sighs> Werner Herzog was in The Mandalorian, okay? <laughs> he how had the much best more convinced line. exactly, how much more convincing if you can attract Werner Herzog? He doesn't care. Well, ab- he did, ab- no, he, m- in truth, he
0: did that for the money so that he could do his next documentary. <laughs> but he had the best line of when you had Giancarlo Esposito's like, Do you have the child? And you just get this great German accent of going, Yes, but they're just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also had the best one of when they're trying to decide. I know we just, you know, diagrammed. Like, but yeah. you know where they're trying to decide whether or not they use um, the animatronic Grogu or <laughs> do they just CGI, oh. and it's like use the puppet, you cowards! It's heartbreaking.
2: <laughs> I love, but you see, that's what I mean. If it was anyone taking a paycheck, they wouldn't be that involved, yeah. you know. And that's the thing that if it's people like Werner Herzog, who's a who's a fantastic, and I love when he acts, <laughs> but he's a brilliant filmmaker, and if you've got him on something like Star Wars right how much more kind of proof of credibility do you need like i was amazed when i watched um it's still one of my favorite um uh, marvel films is winter soldier Mm. and you had robert redford in that like come on people like and yet there are still people that are just slamming uh this kind of entertainment yeah
0: (laughs) but science fiction slash science fantasy is always going to be something that is Still a little bit niche, Mm. but it's still. Cinephiles don't like it. Cinephiles don't like it, but then they realize what the influences are.
1: Cinephiles, that would be an awkward
0: segue.
2: I do do wonder if if it'll be one of those things where you know, in future, people will look back and really appreciate it. Like you know, where were these cinephiles when Blade Runner first came out? That's what I want to know. Where that movie bombed, you know, (laughs) and like now it's being taught in universities. So it's it's a lot of stuff like that. Like even John Carpenter, like you know. Being celebrated now, and I can't remember. He was at some kind of university speaking, and he got this standing ovation. And they asked, What, he, how does he feel? You know, that he's so respected now, and everything. He's just like, Well, where were where <laughs> you guys yeah, back in the 80s? Like, well, yeah. I mean,
1: if he's talking at a university, they probably weren't bloody born yet, <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but that's the sad thing, you know, like because these were filmmakers ahead of the time, science fiction, superheroes, the that genre. It is science fiction, you know, so any works of science fiction, and if done well, is always ahead of its time. But, I mean, I
1: I think I made similar comments to Cricket um, back two years ago when we were recording. But, like, one of the big things that was around Star Wars and that goes off that point is at that time, like even in the 2000s, the only voices you heard were critics. Yeah. Mm. You you looked at the papers. Mm. We didn't have a social media. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have a million people that like to film. We didn't Mm. have the Lucifer situation where a network cancels a show and then 8 million people (laughs) say... No, no, no! I was watching that. Yeah. You there just was had you just e-budget. had Roger Ebert, and that yeah. was it. <laughs> yeah, there's
2: no rotten tomatoes. But like, that, you know. that's
1: a lot of what I think happened to these sorts of films back in the seventies and eighties. Like mm. the people who were reviewing him, it wasn't for them.
2: Yeah, yeah. which
1: is fine. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. But they were the voices that went out, so that was the opinions of the film at yeah. the time, yeah. even if they were loved.
2: Yeah, it was simpler times. That's the, the I think the amazing thing that people when when Star Wars first came out um, that they were shocked to see the lines and the queues around mm. buildings and down the mm. streets and everything because, uh, and I mean, like I, I, will always feel for George and I'll always celebrate him, um, uh, and, and value him and, in for, for everything that he's kind of done for, for film and, and cinema and for giving us something like Star Wars. But like, you got to feel for the guy that, you know, put everything into this film and f- just thought every moment, like, that was it. His career's finished. His career's yeah, failed. he's done. <laughs> so what's he next w- on the cards for you? For me? Uh, so I'm actually uh, in post-production, uh, close to wrapping um, this um, amazing, heartfelt short film called Dancing With My Mother. Very, very different than anything Star Wars related or fan film (laughs) territory.
1: Okay, Uh, but Boba still makes an appearance, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not
2: in this one. However, um, uh, a lot of people will be delighted to know that we are in uh, early pre-production for our sequel uh, to to Blaster. So I am finally making uh, The Black Bounty and we are going to get a Boba Fett John Wick-esque um scenario so uh, and I've got a lot of brilliant people attached which you know I I I love to 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 laugh about it now because as I mentioned earlier, like when we made Blaster, you know, I was lucky enough to even get two Stormtroopers where now I've got so much support from the the community, the fan community, that I've got people um, like from the 501st going, how many Stormtroopers do you want? I was to ask <laughs> if
1: you were going to get the 501st on
2: this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I have been speaking with them. I love the work that they do. Um, I've always been a long-time fan uh, and I love the the, the – what they represent and what they do for charities and including things, advocating mental health as well. So to actually be collaborating uh, with them and, and having their support back me means
1: the world. And hey, backed by the same people that backed the Mandalorian yeah yeah well
2: and that was the thing you know when i set out to make blaster that's what i wanted to do i wanted to really make it a community thing and really bring in like if i needed authentic stormtroopers it was going to be the 501st but at the time and especially in australia the the culture here is very different than somewhere in america or or in europe
1: or you just call up the next state
2: well yeah i mean in america it was very much like you're making a fan film they'll go right yeah what do you need? How many do you need? And but also in America, you get
1: from City to City in two hours. Here, oh, we're making a film, but it's in Brisbane. Yeah. Cool. Let you... me schedule a two and a three day drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's very different. It's it's very different. But
2: the thing of, uh, of what we set out to do and what we've actually really experienced is that there are people out there that are keen. And these are very much like people that are my tribe. Even in, in, in working in the industry, part of uh, what we set out to do is just to find those like-minded people that are very much like us and as passionate yeah. and as enthusiastic and as skilled as well, but everyone just wants to kind of you know have that, that opportunity you, you to sort make of this. click with
1: because especially yeah. when you have got those free, free or unpaid productions, it, it's not just a love of labor. You have to be loving what you're doing, and if Absolutely. you've got people that yeah. just view it too differently, they're not the, going to love it.
2: Yeah, exactly. The work that we do is very hard. Like it, it, it is hard. It's very challenging. So you've got to. Even if you were being paid, like how many times have have one of us worked a job that we're still being paid and we absolutely hate it? But honestly,
1: like, I I think that's very different. Like I can go in and say, okay, I don't agree with any of this, but I am giving my time for money. Whereas if, let's say I'm coming onto a set and giving my time for free, Mm, mm. That's different because this this is time that I'm not getting back. Yeah. I, I still need to pay rent. I still need to pay bills, and I have my things I want to make. Yeah. If I don't believe in what you're doing.
2: Exactly. It's not what a good time. One of the things that we we always do, like both my, my, myself and and um, and and Carol, uh, who's my wife and also producer, uh, and my other half of Lunar Craft Productions. <laughs> Hi, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, the things that we always do that we strongly believe in doing is always giving credit where it's due, mm. uh, and that basically comes from us working in the industry and have been kind of shadowed, like, you know, very much like we've worked really hard and yet, you know, people take the credit. Um, and you know, whether you're paid or unpaid, it, it, it hurts. Um, and, and, that's the one thing that we always strive to do is that we always shine the spotlight on them because at the end of the day it's collaboration it's about working as a team and even though it might be my story or i have with uh, developing a writer's story and bringing this to life it's a shared vision like it's all collaboration and that's the thing that i may design something but i love handing it over to another artist and then taking it that next level and i then just get all giddy just to see what they come up with is the same thing as direct an actor yeah and then they, and then seeing them really bring either you know the 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 design and the and those words on a page bringing that to life it's just I just end up uh, there's an embarrassing photo around of me behind the scenes on one of our productions um that I think Carol took and it's me behind like the camera and I I'm just gawking at the actors because i end up even though i'm directing them and i've called action i'm just seeing it but i feel like i'm in the audience and i'm watching it again and i love seeing them just you know breathe uh life into these characters i just love movie magic
0: yeah rich thank you so much for your time coming on to the podcast it was a Great time chatting everything Star Wars with you, and especially for A Blaster in the Right Hands. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out the link to A Blaster in the Right Hands, which we're going to have in the description. And as well as that, don't forget to check out Andor on Disney Plus. And hey, tell them what he sent you. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> this podcast was recorded now at Courtyard Sound Studios, Hornsby, courtesy of Ben Raiden. Thank you so much, Ben.